Welcome to the podcast station where we share exciting stories, interesting facts, lots of laughter, and lots of hope as we talk about caring for our human bodies in the 21st century. We have one ultimate goal, and that is to help you develop a newfound perspective and sense of appreciation for the incredible human body that you're living in. If you would like to join us for more educational courses or professional certifications, see us online at www.holistichealtheducators.com. Great to have you with us. Hello, welcome everyone to today's podcast, all about the nervous system and different ways to optimize the nervous system. We've been talking all about the nervous system this month because uh, it contro controls so many systems in our body, controls so many physiological processes. And so today we have the absolute pleasure of hearing from Nadia Lutz. Nadia is dedicated to the nervous system, uh, everything from brain health to your, your body's health, your nerve health, uh, how it's all related, neurology, applied neurology. And so she is going to be teaching us so a little bit about our nervous system, as well as some ways we can optimize our nervous system, both with and without technology. So Nadia, if you would like to introduce yourself and your background a little bit more, and then we'll just jump right into this uh, question and answer session. Sure. I've been helping people for since 82, I think, um, kind of deal with their health issues. And I realized in 1999 that, um, like, if you don't deal with the brain, then you're not going to be able to help someone. So I started diving down into the neurology. And um, vagus nerve is my absolute favorite because it, um, it attaches to almost all the major organs. It starts at your brain stem, goes behind your vocal cords, and it controls your whole central nervous system. So by doing some real simple tricks, you can help a lot of people, almost everybody. Awesome. So that actually leads me into my first question. And I'm not sure if you want to teach about this first, but what are some of the things that we're up against in the 21st century that our, that our ancestors weren't? And how are these things disrupting our nervous system? That's a good question. I'm going to go to the next slide. Um, this is just kind of how the nerve works. So, so you can kind of get an understanding of what you were dealing with with the vagus nerve. Um, so our ancestors way back in the limbic brain, right, the old brain, that was when they were hunting all the time. And so when they were breathing through their mouth, it literally meant a saber-toothed tiger was chasing them. So that when your brain thinks that a saber-toothed tiger is chasing you, it's gonna shut down all of these organs that are attached to the vagal nerve because really the only thing you need is adrenaline, right? To get away from that saber-toothed tiger. So we're gonna talk about breathing a lot because it makes a huge difference when you do a certain type of breathing, it just calms down the central nervous system. So um, I mean, we have computers, we have technology, we have all sorts of craziness the last two years. Um, I mean, there's so much difference. We used to have to hunt for our food and be in nature all the time, sleep on the ground, get grounding. Uh, we're, just, we're just so disconnected from nature in general. You almost have to work to be connected uh, to nature, I feel like. So... So do you want to go through a few of these? So the, yeah. we have this vagus nerve that's coming down. And uh, first of all, what is the vagus nerve and what makes it different from our other nerves? So it's the vagus nerve. They call it the wandering nerve because it's so long. It starts at the brainstem and it goes all the way down um, to your pelvic floor uh, and it attaches to all your organs. So it literally affects all of our major organs in our body. So uh, it's very, very important. It controls whether you're in rest and digest and you're um, 
your central nervous system is calm and you're digesting your food well, or whether you're in that fight or flight. And when you're in fight or flight, it's really difficult to get out of fight or flight. It's like this vicious circle, right? Because you're in it and then you're freaked out and you're panicked and you don't even remember to do any of this stuff and it makes it worse. And it's just like, you're on this vicious little merry-go-round. Um, so it's good to start doing bagel work, even if you don't feel like you're really anxious or depressed or anything, that way you can get it really toned. And um, when a stressor does come your way, hopefully it won't put you in fight or flight. Wow. Wow. So do you want to just read through some of these things that it does in the body? Yeah. So it controls your eyes because the optic nerve goes there. It constricts the pupils. You know, when someone has had a concussion, that's what the doctor looks like to see if it's constricting. It controls your saliva. If you think about what your saliva does, it helps break down your food, right? So if we're not um, getting the saliva coming down into our food, we're not digesting very well. Um, it controls your lungs. That is a huge, you can see how there are three different nerves that go out to the lungs. So it's super important. It controls our swallowing because it's right in our trachea. Um, so a lot of people have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's, and I should say this is just all education, right? Um, it really controls everything. Your heartbeat, it controls whether your heartbeat is beating like you feel like you're just having a panic attack or whether it's nice and calm and steady. Um, and then you have the whole colon. It just really controls whether you're digesting the food or not bile release, bladder issues, um, all the way down to the pelvic floor. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. I know, one nerve. Yeah, that's crazy. So is this nerve, does it work in both sympathetic and parasympathetic state? Like, will it release both acetylcholine and norepinephrine, or does it only release like one or the other? Yeah, no, it controls what's happening. It tells your brain and your organs what to do. If it's a, if a saber tooth tiger is taking testing you, that everything's just going to shut down. And so, yeah. Cool. Well, just to give you a real world example of this, like I had a, I have a new client who's starting to get back into an exercise regimen. And he told me, you know, I designed a circuit workout for him and I try not to make them too intense at first. Cause I know people are just building up to it, but he's like, I got so sick doing one of these circuit workouts. Like it's just really nauseous. And I'm like, oh, that's because cortisol and norepinephrine uh, redirect the blood away from your digestive organs while you're exercising. And so they like, for example, acetylcholine, um, they both act on capillary sphincters, which are directing where your blood is flowing. And so if you're in rest and digest, acetylcholine is gonna open up the capillary sphincter leading to your digestive organs so that there's plenty of blood flow, there's nutrient exchange, and it's just helping that whole system along. But if you're if you're exercising, your body is not in the mode of digestion. It's like, whoa, we gotta like send the oxygen, send the nutrients to the extremities of the body. So it triggers those capillary sphincters to close. So I was like, it's actually really normal. Um, I mean, obviously I was like, we need to scale your workouts down until you build up to that. Yeah, but that's why people will feel nauseous during like a workout like that is all the blood flow is getting closed off to your digestive tract. And that happens through this process, through those neurotransmitters being sent down the vagus nerve, whether that's acetylcholine, which is your rest and digest, or um, one of like the epinephrine molecules, which is part of your fight or flight. And that's controlling all these physiological reactions. So that's just a, just a real world example of how this affects our physiology. Yeah, for people, it's really important for exercise when people tend to get a little panicky when their heart rate goes up or their temperature goes up during exercise. These exercises are fantastic. Um, I've gotten one of my clients, she wasn't able to get above 110 without having an absolute panic attack. And we've been doing this for about 30, 30 days and now she's up to 20 minutes. Wow. Um, getting That's up to 100, 150. So it's pretty incredible. Wow. These are the exercises you're about to teach us, right? Yeah. 
that call yeah. moving serve. Awesome. Okay, we'll keep yeah. going then. I want to learn. Okay, so let's just um, do some simple things that we don't need any technology for. Like we just saw how three of them went to the lungs, right? Three of the branches of the cranial nerve. So we're just gonna work on some breathing. And if you wanna screenshot this, that way you don't have to um, write it down. That's what I put it up here for you. And then you can do this with me and you can kind of experience it. Um, so we're, I'll just basically layer it on and we're just gonna do this together, okay? When you breathe through your nose, in and out your nose, it can, calms your central nervous system down. So it's really important to do nasal breathing as much as possible if you're trying to calm your nasal, calm your central nervous system. There are other types of wonderful breathing, but this is for vagal nerve work. Um, so let's just do a quick test before we get started. Everyone take a deep breath in your nose and out your nose. And just do another one in the nose, out the nose. And then I want you to assess that, 10 being the best breath you've ever taken in your entire life and one being the worst. Give it a number, just don't think about it too much, just give it a number, okay? We're gonna do this and then we're gonna retest and see if you feel that it's any better, okay? Sometimes it leaves a little bit more work, but sometimes you can make a difference right away. So we already started nasal breathing, you're just gonna breathe in and out your nose. So do it a few times and I'll just start adding different things on, we'll layer it on so it's novel to the brain and it pays more attention. So everyone breathe in, and out the nose, do it again. And then we'll go into box breathing in and then out. Good, so now we're gonna form a box. We're gonna breathe in for four, three, two, one. Now you hold your breath for four, three, two, one. And you breathe out your nose, four, three, two, one. And then you hold your breath for that, four, three, two, one, we're gonna layer it on, breathing in. On the out, we're gonna add the hum. Here we go, we're gonna breathe out the nose and hum. And then we're gonna hold. We're gonna do that again, we'll layer in tapping, breathing in. We're gonna hold. We're gonna tap on our sternum on the out. Here we go. And then hold. Breathing in. If you can, you're going to do rapid blinking of the eyes. It dovetails what we learned last night. Tap and rapid blink. And hold. Let's do one more of those. Breathe in. Hold. Hum. Mm, rapid blink and hold. Good, shake it out. If you have a drink of water, if you have water, just take a drink of water real quick. Okay, so let's reassess. Take a big breath in your nose and out your nose. How many got better? Woo! Yeah? Way better, yeah. I've got two. <laughs> That's pretty like, cool, actually, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have the optic nerve with the blinking, you have the tapping because you saw how it came right down below and um, you have the humming because it's also going back there. It helps with everything. Uh, and then the other thing you can do, because that's not enough, you can add essential oils and on the inhale, you would just breathe in and then you'd continue doing the rest. Um, so basically you just wanna make things novel for your brain to make it pay attention. If the only thing you did was four count box breathing, 
your brain would get bored after a while and just be like, eh, whatever. Kind of like exercise, right? You can't just go for the same three mile walk every day and say, okay, I'm done, right? You've got to mix it up. You've got to do some strength. You got to do some stretch. You got to do, you know, a little bit of everything. Um, are there any questions about that before we go on? I have a quick one. So how, how many rounds of that will someone do in like a breathing session? Like would I take 10 minutes and do this box breathing, humming, tapping equation for that long? Oh, that's a good question. I have a slide on that. We'll talk about that okay. because it's a lot more than you think. Okay. 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 Um, okay. So the next thing is gargling. We saw how that went right behind um, our vocal cords. So our brain loves vibration. Uh, because we don't get it that often. And that's one of the reasons why um, running and jumping jacks and different things are so good because it massages your organs and it's the vibration in your brain. Um, so you get that vibration by gargling. So if you have water handy, you're gonna take a small sip of water and you're just gonna gargle. If you don't, you can even do it without. Like I didn't even take water. And what you wanna do is you wanna put your um, hand flat. I'm not pressing too hard, just a little bit. And you wanna feel a vibration. And you breathe in your nose and then you gargle. Now I want you to assess when you're doing this. Now hold your hands like this. Don't push too hard, just gently. And notice if one side is vibrating more than the other. For me, my right side doesn't vibrate as much. So what I would do is if I want to activate my right side more than my left, I would breathe on my right side. So you could actually make a difference very direct and very specific by breathing on the side that doesn't breathe so much. So this is what it would look like if you had essential oils. You breathe in. So you'd breathe on the side that wasn't working as well. So that's a really good one to do. Now, if we wanna add in a cognitive thing to really make your brain pay attention, let's try gargling the ABCs. And if you do this, have a really small sip of water because it's hard to do. Ready? Take a deep breath in. So it's tough, right? <laughs> now you guys are all on camera for that. <laughs> I had to mute myself. <laughs> it was just me making a fool of myself. Um, any questions about that one? Pretty standard. What, is, there, is there a time of day that that works best to do? So I like to do this when, when I'm brushing my teeth, like after I brush my teeth. I like to layer things on when you already do something. Most people are already brushing their teeth twice a day. So if you just take a small sip of water and do that, that'd be great. This is really good to do right before you eat. It primes your throat. It'll help all of the hydrochloric acid get down because the bile will be released and everything like that. So it's great to do before you um, do. And also if you're feeling stressed, gargle um, or hum, either one. And what, start, what will start to happen is your brain will start to realize that you're, you know, your heart rate's going up a little bit, you're getting a little anxious. And you'll find yourself naturally humming or doing like little voice stuff. Like you won't even realize you're doing it if you do it enough. That's awesome. I want to, can I make a quick comment on the digestive part? Really quick? Yeah. Digestive part is uh, like we've, we've talked about several times, just uh, the root of a lot of digestive issues being very related to the nervous system. Um, and one, one common thing we talk about a lot is uh, 
that's not obviously related to the nervous system, but ends up being related to the nervous system is acid reflux and uh, nutrient absorption. Because uh, what happens is when we're in a state of rest and digest, that acetylcholine gets sent out through the vagus nerve. It gets released from the vagus nerve. And there's receptor sites on your stomach that are waiting for acetylcholine to, it needs acetylcholine in order to trigger the production of, of a, for the parietal cells. There's four main types of stomach cells, but there's a type of stomach cell that needs to produce hydrochloric acid. And it can't do that without acetylcholine. And so what ends up happening then is people will be eating, will be stressed out, and the, there's not acetylcholine there to trigger the production of hydrochloric acid, so our stomach doesn't get acidic enough, and that can cause a cascade of problems all the way from, like, foods not getting broken down as well, the proteins not getting broken down as well in the stomach, to the pyloric valve not, the pyloric sphincter not opening up so food can move along. It gets trapped in the stomach, and then we start burping it up because it's just not, it's just not moving forward as it should be, and then um, nutrient absorption is a big one because um, if the foods aren't getting broken down due to enough stomach, then it doesn't matter how healthy you're eating if, if it's not getting absorbed. And I'm not trying to stress people out. It's just when I saw your presentation for the first time earlier this year, I was like, wow, these are the new top things I give people who are dealing with acid reflux. Because it used to be a little talk about hydrochloric acid. They'd be like, oh, well, should I supplement with hydrochloric acid then if I need to bring my stomach acidity levels up? And we used to think like, oh, you need more stomach acidity. Just take hydrochloric acid. But it's like, it's even better if you can get your body to produce hydrochloric acid by getting in the parasympathetic state and which is going to release the trigger of acetylcholine so um yeah so Lori just mentioned th so this can help acid reflux for there are rare cases of acid reflux where like there's like an actual physical issue with the lower esophageal sphincter that causes some um acid to come up through the stomach but yes stress eating is a huge cause of acid reflux just because we mentioned if we're not in rest and digest that's the the triggers all along your digestive tract aren't getting the green light to start digestion. And so that will, that's going to mean less hydrochloric acid production, less pepsin production. You need pepsin to break down your proteins. Like you already mentioned the gallbladder, you need bile secretion to break down your fats and to neutralize the stomach acid. And all of those are related to what neurotransmitters are dominant in our nervous system. So anyway, like I said, totally not trying to freak people out, but this is a great thing to have in your toolbox. If you're dealing with someone who deals with acid reflux is now one of the first questions I asked is like, how often do you stress eat or, or like, or have you ever practiced breathing exercises before your meals? Like now I'll, I'll teach them like what box breathing is like, Hey, box breathe before your meals, try to put your body back in the rest and digest before your meals. And then start off with like the bitters and the salts and the, the greens. And there's a lot of other ways to trigger, um, increased production of hydrochloric acid. But anyway, I just wanted to add that in here. Yeah. And if that was a problem while you're doing your box breathing, nasal breathing, you don't, you know, skip the humming, tapping, rapid blinking, all that, but you could also just chew water to nothing because that will activate the hydrochloric acid and everything and uh, that's in your stomach. So that'd be one if, you, if someone were having digestive problems. Cool. Oh, and the other thing you had mentioned the sphincter. So we saw how that vagal nerve went all the way down to the anus, right? So, and the Kegel floor. So you could do a Kegel floor on this and activate your entire vagal nerve, but that's kind of like, it takes, I mean, this is all a lot of coordination, right? So that's one of the layers I do, but you know, that, that could be an end game. Um, and, you know, guys have it too, women. And for guys, it's like when you step in the ocean, it's super cold and you just like go up. And for women, it's like if you're on the toilet, you're urinating, that's the basement of an elevator and you would want to pull it up to the third floor, kind of like the belly button area. You don't want to jam it up there, just gently engage your pelvic floor. And that's getting the vagus nerve from top to bottom. So it works really well. I didn't know that was a benefit of pelvic floor exercises. Yeah. 
That's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. You can, you can keep going. I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, about no. How much this can help digestion. Definitely. Uh, the other big thing is humming, singing, and dancing. If we'd have more time, I'd put a song on, we'd get up and take a dance party break. Um, but it's just so good for the vagus nerve. You've got the movement, you've got the vibration, and you've got the singing. It vibrates inside of you. Um, so that's just another great thing to do as well. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so then for AO scanner, for those of you who don't have it, we have a little handheld device and you can do all sorts of things with it. So um, I'll just talk briefly about things you can do with that. I have tons of other things, but we don't have a whole lot of time. But I love the new body system scan because it talks about emotions and um, a lot of emotions are tied into the vagus nerve. Uh, because it's that vicious cycle again, right? Your anxiety comes up, stress and everything, and you go around and around in that circle. Um, and so I love how it talks about where it is. So let's say in your cardiovascular area, you saw uh, like anger came up, or that's usually kidneys, but you know, we saw some of the emotions. Um, so you could actually tap, if, if it was in cardio, you could tap on your heart while you're doing your vagal nerve stuff. So I love that it shows where it is in there. Um, and you can just kind of address or just give that organ a little love, whatever it shows into while you're doing some vagus nerve. Um, and then inner voice, one to three times a day. If someone is in fight or flight, I mean, they, they have to do a lot. Um, and it really calms the central nervous system. And it shows on the, all those pictures where all the organs are and you know, what emotions tied to it. Um, and quantum reach is just I mean, it's all about vagus nerve pretty much, right? Because it's all about emotions. So you can make a playlist and you can either muscle test the best ones for you, or you can just kind of use your intuition and what you're drawn to. Um, and then for quantum energetics, I like cerebral detox, trace minerals, complete and ultimate emotions. Again, emotions, 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 right? Um, are these Cephis or what, what's the quantum? Energy? Yeah, those are Cephis, the quantum reach and the quantum energetics. They're the Cephis, the last button on the main page. Um, and so to address your question, Amy, I want you to answer this question for me. The work it takes to go into, wait, there it is. The work it takes to restore your health is proportional to the work it's taken to become what? Let's see. Out of, uh, out of, uh a state of homeostasis proportionate to how long it's taken to get out of mm -hmm. out of equilibrium yeah how long ask yourself that question because most people want a quick pill right oh i'm gonna do five minutes of box breathing and i'm gonna be all good right how long have you been under stress how long have you been anxious how long have you been in this cycle right most of people who are in that fight or flight it's been years so the longer you put into this and you make it part of your daily life, the more likely you are to be able to hold up to some of those stressors that come at you day in and day out, and it won't send you into a tizzy. Um, so to your question, Amy, you know, if you can do 20, 30 minutes a day, that's fabulous. Most people don't do that. And then most people were in there in fight or flight, they forget to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, tell your clients, ask yourself, how long have you been this way? It's the same with all of our healing processes, right? With the AO scan, you know, chances are one scan isn't going like, to make you fine, right? <laughs> We've been this way for a while. It's going to take a little bit of time. Uh, so you've got to put in the work. You got to be patient. Just like you wouldn't expect to go to the gym 
and be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get down two sizes in one workout. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> actually a really good analogy. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> like, it takes time. It really does take time. Um, one, one of my mentors is on this call right now. And one thing that she's really like helping out a lot with is reframing how I view self-care. Because uh, we met at a time where I like really just thought everything came above taking quiet time for myself. I mean, like not, I wasn't like, oh yeah, it's not important to take quiet time. Like obviously everyone knows you should take quiet time, but we, we look at it as like, that's one of the more disposable parts of our day. You know, like when it comes down to it, when it comes down to all the responsibilities we have, we're like, oh, quiet time. Like that's the easiest thing to push under the rug and the easiest thing to be like, I got more important things to be doing right now. And uh, yeah, this month just really has been challenged that paradigm I had about self-care and realized, I love you said optimize your nervous system because when your nervous system is optimized and when you're tapped into your heart brain connection and when you're not running 15 loose tangential projects in your brain every moment of the day, you optimize your life. You optimize your life. You optimize what you prioritize, how you interact, and it just really helps like pull you in. So I would just say to anyone out here who's listening, who's struggling to take that time in a day to regroup, like think about how important drum circles and uh, and how important rituals and how important ceremonies were to our tribal ancestors. That was not like, oh, we gotta we gotta skin the cow and build our houses and our huts and we'll get to uh, taking care of our spiritual health as a population later. Like, look at how well this is working out for America right now, that attitude, I'm just saying. So there comes a time and a place that we have to start realizing like this self-care is just so crucial to our well-being and it's worth every, it has exponential value, how much time you put into it, it has exponential benefits. So I just wanted to extend that because like seriously, a year ago, I did not, did not understand like what self-care and daily rituals were. I was just working from sun up to sundown and it really started to show in my health and in my mental health. And so I'm just really grateful to have examples of people like you who show like, what does this look like? What does a daily ritual look like? So I just want to add that. Yeah. Humming, singing is great to do in the car, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times we're by ourselves. No one's around or turn, blast the music, sing. It, it's just, it's good time and it's good to be not stressed out when you're driving anyway, right? Um, yeah. So if you have that commute. Yeah, that's a great. So thank you so much though for those, Nadia. And um, one last question for you uh, related to breathing and um, nasal breathing. What could you just speak about nose breathing for just like one or two more minutes before we wrap this up? Just because I, it's actually something I didn't know about until last year in all of my years of growing up in the holistic healthcare world. Like I've been doing this since I was four and no one told me about nose breathing until I read a book um, by James Nestor about it. And I was astonished how much where yeah. our breath, where our breath is coming from affects our physiology. I had no idea that breathing from your nose instead of breathing from your mouth affected you that much to the point of reversing people's diseases. So could mm -hmm. you just speak to that, speak sure. on that a little bit? Yeah. You basically have two balloons, which are your lungs, right? And all of the good voodoo happens at the bottom of your lungs. If you can access the bottom of your lungs and you're replenishing all your blood, you're getting all your lymph moving. It's just like amazing for you get oxygen in your entire body. But most of us are breathing in the top third of our lungs to the top quarter of our lungs. And we're in a constant state of um, hyperventilation because we're breathing through our mouths. It's just kind of our daily thing that we just fall back on. They say 98% of Americans are mouth breathers on a 
in general. You have to work to become a nostril breather in this day and age because of all the stress around it. Um, so when you breathe into your nose and you practice getting that deep, full rib cage breathing, so you want, you know, your ribs have all these little um, cartilage in between them and they're meant to expand and close just like an accordion. So when you do that breathing, you want to breathe in your nose, and you want to feel everything expand and um, you have these lungs and your diaphragm's at the bottom. So when you are breathing in, here's your lung, your diaphragm, this is expanding. So your diaphragm goes down and it smushes your guts out. So if we're sucking our abs in all the time, it's impossible to get a good breath. And that's one of the things we're always taught, right? Just pull your abs in and never let them go and walk around like this. And then we can never take a deep breath, right? So you've got to, when you breathe in, your belly has to go out. You've got to relax the belly. And that, that's one of the hardest things that, um, is to teach people. So on your inhale, your belly relaxes. And then on the exhale, your belly comes in, your stomach comes in, and that compresses your organs and it's giving your organs a massage. Um, and so you're breathing in your nose and out your nose. And over time, you'll feel those lungs and you'll start working into the lower part of your lungs. And that's where everything is just amazing happens. And the other thing is, you know, we talked about the time, right? Like if we've been in fight or flight for years or someone has, or even six months, okay, what's six months times 24? I don't know, you guys do the math right? It's a, it's a lot, a lot of minutes. So one really good thing to do is to put medical tape on your mouth at night, because then you're getting six to eight hours of breathing through your nose, and you can meet that um, goal a lot quicker. And, you know, <laughs> I see you, Tammy, looking like, I can never do that. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> oh, you can? That's, most people, that's their first reaction. But if you just get a little tiny piece and you put it like this, it's not as stressful right? Because there are some people that do the whole thing. And I don't like doing that. It's a little claustrophobic feeling. But if you just put a little piece of medical tape here, um, after a while, it just becomes habit. You don't even think about it. And then you're getting six to eight hours at night. You may have five minutes where it feels a little awkward, but then you fall asleep and you're fine. Um, and it just adds up a lot quicker that way. Mm -hmm. Did I answer your question? I always yeah, get off topic. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> no, that was great. Noah's breathing and sleeping. And one thing I want to mention too, is like, this would have that they highlighted uh, in in a book that I read about it. Breath. They were talking about how there's some, several civilizations where they would train their infants from the time they're born up how to breathe through their nose. They would like watch them while they were sleeping and like push their chin gently up, or they would prop something under their chin while they're infants to keep their mouth shut so they could learn how to nose breathe, and that prevented cavities, improved the development of their jaw, kept their body in parasympathetic state, which would improve digestion and nutrient absorption all related from their nose so it's just cool yeah. like i think the topic about the nervous system that just surprises me so much is how much how many cues our body listens to that we don't realize are cues to our body you know like mm -hmm. i didn't know that breathing through my mouth would incline my body to be more in fight or flight than rest and digest like that's not a cue i'm consciously aware of but it's definitely a cue that's happening another thing you mentioned was sound uh just we have like these two musicians who are creating an elective course for us about the empowerment of sound and they're saying mm -hmm. like people don't realize it but we're living in a sound bath 24 7. we all yeah. live in sound baths what is your sound bath is it the yeah. news 
Is it people arguing? Is it nature sounds? Is it inner voice? Is it you playing music in your bathroom and taking five minutes to dance once a day? They're like, everyone should have that space in their house where you can blast music and jump up and down for five minutes a day. He's like, you, they're like, you would not believe what that does to your mental health, your body, your spirituality, everything just to get in that mode of like dancing and singing. And so it's just cool to learn where I feel like what science is constantly trying to play catch up with like how much the body knows that the body knows so much. And we're just like, keep on trying to reduce it to these clinical discoveries, but uh, it knows what it's doing. So we just got to figure out how to get on the same board with it. So thank you so much for that, Nadia. If you don't mind stopping the screen share, I'm going to check the chat one last time before we wrap this up. But that was so helpful to learn those tips for box breathing and humming. Um, I'm sure our group here, yeah, it looks like you guys have loved it. So please pop any last questions you have for Nadia in the chat. Hey, Nadia. Hey. Hey, just for those who were with us in April and saw what happened to me, <laughs> that was like the very beginning of me learning about my autonomic nervous system being messed up. And I was doing all the fun things you were teaching us and it threw me over the edge. So just a word to the wise, like she said, go slow, work your way up. You know, don't try to do all of them all at once. Yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And my final, my final two words on this topic is one way that you can deeply, deeply accelerate your healing process is to work with a therapist who can help you identify the subconscious thought patterns that are keeping you in fight or flight mode. Because it's very important. It's excellent to do these self-care things. But for me, like, I can't believe how fast I actually swap switched out of fight or flight mode. I feel like I was in it for like an 18 month stretch at one point. And honestly, it took a few months of therapy. And like, I've never been more relaxed. For those of you who have been following me for the past year, like you can probably see it in my face. Like, I feel way more functional. <laughs> and like, I don't wake up stressed. And I like don't automatically go in panic mode. But I definitely put time in and some money into therapy. So that can really help is finding those, those therapists who can help you identify those subconscious belief systems that are keeping you in fight or flight mode. Because until you can address those, it's going to keep on being an uphill battle. Would you, would you agree with that, Nadia? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It's all, it's all tied to emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Totally so. Well, that was excellent. So thank you so much, Nadia. Good luck to everyone as you go to optimize your central nervous system. And I'm really happy you are speaking to so many practitioners right now because I feel like this is one of the most relevant thing we can talk to about our clients. I mentioned on the call last week, I had a lady who came in who felt like her whole body was falling apart. She's like my nervous system. No, she's like my reproductive system and my immune system and my digestive system and, and, and my fitness. She's like, it all feels like it's falling apart. And she's like, and I had this tr really bad trauma four months ago, but we'll talk about that later. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this is like, I, of all the things I'll tell you today, working through that trauma with a therapist you feel safe around is number one, because I don't care how many herbs I tell you to take for your reproductive health and, and, and what herbs I tell you to take, that's going to help decrease your virus and bacterial load. And, and, and what we do for your digestive health, that it's, it's not going to matter if you're stuck in fire flight mode. So anyway, yeah, you have to flip that switch. So all the negative thinking just keeps you in there. So and it, you don't, don't have to discount it, but you know, if you're having problems with your digestive, don't, or you have a disease, don't say, I have this, I have this, and just talk about the disease all the time to say, I'm working on making my body stronger to get healthy, you know, change, change the script because your brain actually believes what you tell it. So it's one of the key things about getting out of fight or flight.
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, she did have a really good attitude. So she's doing much better. Even after her first therapy session, she texted me. She's like, I feel so much better. So I'm really, <laughs> really excited for her. But I love what you mentioned about mentality. So I'm going to wrap this up. Thank you so much, uh, Nadia, again, for joining us about optimizing your uh, nervous system. And good luck to all of you. So thank you for joining us today. We can't wait to see you next time. Hey, thank you for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you would ever like to connect with us in person or live online for webinars, course certifications, events, conferences, parties, go ahead and check out our upcoming event schedule at www.holistichealtheducators.com. We would love to connect with you. We also host weekly live question and answer sessions. Until then, have a spectacular day.